This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. So, because Tennessee beat an FCS school, we talked about this last week, we don't want to have the poo-poo team of the week go into the FCS because then we just lose track of it and it's no fun. Right. So we talked about six different teams. We ended up narrowing it down to four different teams for poo-poo team of the week. And then we ended up actually running a Twitter poll for what your thoughts were um, to the listener. And we got a pretty good response on it. We got, we got a few people going on it. And there, were, there was a tie for who everyone thought was the poo-poo team of the week. And it was between Georgia Tech and Michigan State. Um, So I'm going to talk real quick about what each team did to be nominated for Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, And then I'm going to talk about which ones I think, which one I think should be Poo Poo Team of the Week. Okay. I have my team too, by the way. Okay. We'll see if it it ends up overlapping. So the first team to be nominated for Poo Poo Team of the Week is Georgia Tech, they lost in overtime to the Citadel. Uh, the Citadel is an FCS school. Georgia Tech is in the ACC. And the Citadel is not even like a good FCS school. Like James Madison, North Dakota State, like Weber State even is pretty good. Like if a bad Power 5 school loses to one of them, it happens every once in a while. It's not common. Uh, but the Citadel isn't even like that good. So... It's a pretty bad loss by Georgia Tech. Um, they're losing because they switched. They used to run a triple option, and this year they're going away from a triple option. But they don't have the talent. Like All their players are still triple option guys. <laughs> and so it's hard to run a spread offense with a triple option <laughs> um, like people. So going to be a rough year for Georgia Tech. Uh, the next candidate is Boston College, who lost by 24 at home to Kansas, which Kansas is, it's between Kansas and Rutgers for who is the worst Power 5 school. Um, Kansas is one of the worst FBS schools, so that's pretty bad. How for, much was Boston College favored in this game, by the way? It was something like 23, 21? Um, yep. Boston College was favored by 20, and they ended up getting doubled up to by Kansas uh 48 to 24. Oof. That's pretty terrible. And it I mean it started out fairly close. Boston College actually was up 17 to 7 at the end of the first quarter and then Kansas scored two touchdowns. Boston College scored and then Kansas scored um 30 or 27 points unanswered to end the game wow that's bad that's pretty sad to to blow a 10 point lead to kansas and not just by a little bit and the other thing is it's not even like kansas had like like got super lucky boston college didn't have any turnovers like kansas had more yards uh they had less first downs they had more time of possession kansas had a turnover um it was just simply 
getting outplayed by Kansas, which is pretty sad. Which is much worse than Kansas getting lucky. Yeah. Um, The next team is Michigan State, who went down to Arizona State, and Arizona State came out with the win, a 10-7 win. Now, it was an ugly game. It was... I mean, it was as if Arizona State was in the Big 12 or in the Big 10 because of how it was just so low scoring and just just not a very pretty game. But the biggest thing with this was, so right at the end of the game, um, Kansas's, or Michigan State's kicker runs out, and I don't know if you saw the video that I posted on our Twitter of the Michigan State kicker running out. <laughs> I did, yes. That was but great. That was I, amazing. I if you haven't seen idea. it, look at look look at her Twitter. It's 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 fabulous, is what it is. Oh my gosh! It. I love the idea that somebody said like, as soon as I saw Michigan State's kicker run out like this, I just knew that that we were screwed. Because uh, he's running, I, I can't, flamboyantly is the word I'm going to use. Yeah, I mean his hands are just flapping in the wind. His arms are very loose. Um, I don't, I don't know the right, yeah, flamboyantly might be the right way to say it. It was, it was not an athletic run. No, it was not not. the run you expect from a football player. Um, it was pretty bad. So Michigan state goes out and then they kick this field goal and the kicker makes it. Um, so it's tied, but then Arizona state challenges it and says there were 12 men on the field. Which, by the way, I didn't realize you could challenge that. Yep. I mean, and that's so, that's a, that's great that you can. But yeah, I think that's a that's a good one to be able to challenge. And yes, sure enough, Michigan State sent twelve men out to kick the game tying field goal, and so they were charged with twelve men in the, on in the field. The field goal was taken away, and they had to kick it again, and. They missed. He just shanked it. It was not even close. No, it it was a terrible kick. So Michigan State loses in Tempe, or no, loses at home in Michigan. Sorry, yeah. Last year was in Tempe that they lost. No, it was it was in Michigan that they lost um, because of the twelfth man, uh, which is hilarious. It's just incredible. Um, and then the final candidate was Maryland who was also ranked, um, and they lost to Temple at home um, in a pretty close game. And the big reason that I think they should their candidates is this week they had 15,000 students request tickets to their game, um, and they only have 10,000 seats for students. So they had to do a lottery, and it was the most tickets. It was the most people that ever requested student tickets. Um, <laughs> And this was after they had just destroyed Syracuse and all this stuff. So the hype around Maryland was so high among their own students. And then they go and lose to Temple. What a terrible lottery to win. Yeah. It's just so Use sad. All, all of your luck to win that lottery, and you got to watch that garbage fire. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so Georgia Tech and Michigan State were the two that won, that tied in the Twitter poll. Um, who is your poo-poo team of the week? Who do you think it should be? So, so my team is actually Maryland, and, and and not because of the the terrible lottery, but Temple had the worst special teams 
I may have ever seen. They had a um, they had a punt that hit their returner in the back, <laughs> giving Maryland the ball at the twenty. Maryland failed to score on a fourth down. Mm-hmm. Then, at the end of the game, with three minutes left, down by five. Temple kicking from, I think his foot was in like the, in their own end zone. They were backed up to their end zone. Um, he kicked, I think it was like a 17-yard punt. He shanked the crap out of that thing. <laughs> they failed to score again. This 21st-ranked team that slaughtered Syracuse, given the ball at their at the opponent's 20 yard line twice failed to score i actually think there was a a drive before that punt that they were Mm -hmm. given great field position and they again failed to score Mm -hmm. so they're they're my poopoo team of the week because not only did they lose a game that they shouldn't have lost in the first place but temple tried really hard especially at the end (laughs) of the game to give them the win just yeah. Couldn't do it. So they're my poo-poo team of the week. That's pretty good. Um, I think that's super valid. I think all four of these teams were really strong candidates Absolutely. for poo-poo team of the week. Um, but my poo-poo team of the week goes to Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, uh, for losing to an FCS school in overtime at home. That's just terrible. You should not be losing in overtime to an FCS school as a power five team. Um, especially one where you gave up 50 or sorry, not 50. You gave up 25 first downs and only got 14 first downs and you forced a turnover and didn't turn the ball over. So again, this is another situation where, the team that had the better game in almost every aspect was the Citadel. And that is so sad. That is so terrible that that's what it came down to. Um, Georgia Tech had to make a field goal as time expired to force overtime. Oh, my God. And then in overtime, they couldn't they couldn't win it. It was so bad. It was... You should not be in that scenario. Yeah, that's um, pretty pathetic. BC losing by 24 to Kansas is pretty bad, but at least that's another Power 5 school. And they have a coach. Kansas has less miles now, so maybe there's an argument that they're going to be good now. Right. I don't think it is, but it's not an FCS school. And an FCS school that that's their first win of the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> They've yeah, lost that's... to two other FCS schools. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty terrible. So that was, so that's our poo poo team of the week. It's Georgia Tech, uh, Maryland is right there with them. Pretty terrible week for for all of those. I'll uh, change my vote to Georgia Tech. I think you convinced me just so we have a singular poo poo team of the week. Um, okay, but Maryland, you should be embarrassed. That that was, that was just yeah, it was sad. It was that it was, was rough. To, I. I, I watched the end of that game. I don't know why I watched the end of the game. I just, <laughs> it was, it was bad. That was real bad. So then that, so the next thing is there were two of the four teams that were mentioned there 
are ACC teams. Um, mm-hmm. With it being Georgia Tech and Boston College. The other two are Big Ten teams, but Georgia Tech, I, I, I want to talk specifically about how the ACC is terrible this year. Like, Clemson is undoubtedly number one in the country. Right. Um, maybe there's an argument for Bama, but it's Bama hasn't beaten anybody. Clemson at least beat AM. Right. Bama, you know, Clemson looks good. Who else is even good in the in the ACC? Who's the second best team in the ACC? The only team that comes to my to my mind is Wake Forest, and eh. Yeah, so Wake Forest and Virginia are the two that have an argument to be the second best team in the conference, and wow. Virginia's doing okay. Uh, Wake, I think, is promising. I think they're both. 20 to 25 to 30 you know in the nation right but that's it and then it's just such a steep drop off where you have teams like louisville you have fresno state that's or not fresno sorry i saw fsu florida state that's just (laughs) doing super bad miami looks bad Pitt looks bad i mean Pitt looked okay against penn state we'll talk a little more about that but um georgia tech BC, like North Carolina with Mac Brown is not looking great. No. I mean, they barely lost to Wake, but they're not supposed to be great. Duke isn't very good. This The whole conference is looking terrible. It looks so bad. Yeah, you, you, uh, you take out Clemson, and they're probably worse than most group of five conferences. Yeah. Um, whatever you want to call those those other conferences yeah however you want to split it my favorite thing was i think it was cbs sports did a power ranking of conferences and they had number four was the pac-12 and then number five was the mountain west Mm. and then number six was the acc and number seven was the american and that's giving them clemson Wow, and they still, on average, aren't better than the Mountain West, and are barely better than the American. That's rough. That yeah. is not a good year. Um, and so, yeah, I think it really does come down to between Wake and and Virginia on who's who's the second best. I probably give it to Virginia. So far, I think they have a better defense. Okay. Um. But I'm not sure. I think I think that'll be interesting to find out. The benefit that Virginia gets is Virginia's in their own division. Wake is in the division with Clemson. Right. And so Virginia will probably win their division and be the conference runner-up officially, whereas Wake will be second place in their division, and there won't be a good answer to where they're at. But it'll be – it's rough. It's so sad to look at the state of the ACC. Yeah, it's not good. loving it. It's not. It's not good. Yeah, but the Pac-12 looks pretty good right now. They have six teams in the top twenty-five. Yeah, it's strong. You know, yeah. Conference that's been getting a lot of shade recently, past yeah. few years. 
Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of them are right there on the edge of the top 25. Sure. Uh, so the the teams that are ranked are Utah, Oregon, Washington, Wazoo, Arizona State, and Cal. Um, I think Utah, Oregon, Washington, Wazoo are solidly top 25 teams. Right. I don't think there's too much debate there. Arizona State did just go to Michigan State and beat a ranked team in Michigan. So that's a good win. Mm-hmm. Um, this early in the season, you don't really have that much else to show for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not firm for Herm. I don't know. Maybe I will be, but I'm certainly not there yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's, I, uh, I don't know if I've explained that one to you. That's a very popular phrase in college football right now. No, I have not heard that one before, but <laughs> yeah, I, I tried is, to keep a the, straight face with that one, but I couldn't. Yeah, Herm's the head coach now at, at Arizona State, and so whenever he does anything good, the consensus is you get firm for Herm. I like it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a pretty sexist, I, but I like it. Yeah. I mean, you can get firm any way you want, so long as it's for Herm. Okay. Um, and then Cal is the the last team that's ranked and they're like t- number 25 um i don't know cal's another one where yeah they beat washington but it's also funny because so they beat washington but and they're undefeated but they're ranked behind washington whose only losses to cal um and this early in the season neither of them really have wins other than that to say like oh yeah here's why i should be ranked higher so yeah, Not I think really. people are looking into that game starting at midnight and ending at 4 a.m. and realizing, huh, there's there's some extenuating circumstances in this game. Let's reward both teams. Yeah. so Or at least yeah, not so penalize Washington. Yeah. So Washington's 22, Cal is 23, and Arizona State's 24. Uh, Wazoo is 19. Oregon is 16. Um, and this has Utah at 10 pretty sure in the most recent one they moved up to nine maybe they did just move up to 10 from 11 i thought they just moved 11 to 10 yeah that's probably what it was it was 11 to 10 then so it looks good um so far for the pac-12 and that's not counting uh usc who was just ranked and stanford who was ranked two weeks ago um so yeah but both of those had pretty rough losses this week yeah, neither one looks good. Pretty neither, embarrassing losses this week, are, let's be honest. Very good spot, yeah. Um, but the Pac-12 does look solid. Um, yeah, it does. It really is just the fact that UCLA is horrible. Yeah, Chip uh, Kelly, Chip Kelly not, looks bad. Yeah, he looks, <laughs> he looks awful. Yeah, I think he's a one-trick pony. I think he was really smart with the way he helped basically design the up-tempo offenses that are that everyone's running right now right uh, variations of the air raid but i don't but once the defense is caught on on how to defend it i don't think he knows how to adjust and right. i don't think he knows how to do anything else yeah he that's his one thing and yeah. he doesn't do it better than most any other college so it's no. pretty bad no, and I I don't see anything better happening for UCLA. I really I'm looking at it with Chip Kelly, and I'm like, recruiting's not doing well. No. Um, if you're a good recruit from Southern California, you're going to USC, or you're 
you get enough offers elsewhere. There's no reason to go to UCLA if you're a four or five star guy. Right. Um, especially with Cal and I mean the whole pac 12 being able to pull out there really easy. Uh, Bama has been pulling from Southern California just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, UCLA is in a bad spot. I don't see it getting better. Colorado is an okay team. Um, Arizona's okay. I don't see them as great. Oregon State looks better than in years past. Sure, yeah. But I still think that going through the Pac-12, they're going to get rocked um, and probably probably. only finish with three wins or so. They have one now, and that's the end of their non-conference play. Now everybody's in conference. or everybody in the Pac-12 because they play nine. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll probably steal a game somewhere, probably from Stanford or I don't know if they play UCLA, but you know there's a shot there. But um, yeah, I think I don't think either of them are, are going to be a good spot. But everyone else is good. I mean, it's maybe not great. Again, it's the idea that maybe Utah is the best team in the conference, and they're probably not competitive with super competitive with Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, let alone Clemson and Alabama. But right. the middle of the conference is really good, and as good as really any other conference if not better yeah if you if you take off the top top team of every conference the pac-12 is probably maybe the big 12 yeah i probably it's still or sorry i'm forgetting i'm forgetting georgia and lsu i apologize yeah sec is probably still there but um you take i don't know i I don't know how to say it but uh, yeah the middle of the conference is like if we just took the middle of the conferences, I think the Pac-12 yeah. is is the best. But I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's not where you want to be when there's only four that's teams true. in the college playoff. Exactly, because the, the Pac-12 just keeps beating themselves up, yeah. so it makes it makes it really tough. But uh, keeping with the Pac-12, we're going to talk about the USC BYU game. Um, I was once again their good luck charm. I did not mean to be, but I was. Uh, for BYU. Uh, last week I turned it on and it was right as I turned it on. BYU went on their run. Um, their miracle play to force overtime against Tennessee. This week I turned it on and it was as they went on their drive to force overtime against USC. So apparently it's my good luck charm that's bringing all this to yeah. BYU. Just stop watching BYU. <laughs> I mean, I can't watch him this week, so we'll see how that works for him. Probably not well. I hope not. Uh, We'll see. The best team they've faced so far, probably. Yep. Uh, Oh, sorry. Other than Utah. Other than Utah, yeah. uh, An actual good team. Because that's my big thing. So going into this game, USC was ranked number 24. And we talked about it last week. I just felt like that was an overreaction. Yeah, for sure. I didn't think USC was that good. I felt like it was just this whole idea that like, oh, they beat Stanford. Stanford's normally good. USC's norm should be good. The sleeping giant has awakened. USC's good. And then BYU beat him. And okay, I guess. I, I, it's not that I think USC's trash. I just don't think that they're top 25. I don't think BYU should be top 25. Um, they're not in most places. They're getting votes. But I think BYU's probably... 40 yeah 40th maybe 35th um just from what we've seen but they have a chance to prove themselves and keep moving up 
So we'll say they got lucky that they played historically bad Tennessee. And I mean, USC has been down for the past few years, so they got that as well. But yeah, I just watching it, it looked like a game that to BYU's credit, they took the freshman quarterback and made him make plays. Um, They basically let USC run, but then as soon as USC got behind on schedule and had third and long, uh, they just sat back and made Slovis make a play, and he couldn't. Um, and that that's what did it, which is good. That's good play by them. Uh, but I, I'm not particularly impressed by Wilson. Uh, I wasn't impressed by Slovis either. No. Um, Wilson looked like a game manager to me um, where he just didn't screw up. Um, there weren't that many plays there were a couple plays but not many where i watched it and i just went man this kid you know is is the difference maker it was more okay yeah good move good move um he had a couple plays where he rolled out of the pocket and made made some some good tosses but in general he also made some really dumb 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 throws yeah I, i i will say this you you apparently didn't watch it but the first interception that BYU got where the linebacker just laid full out and caught mm-hmm. the ball. That was an amazing play. Like okay. it was a, it was an amazing play by the linebacker. You just don't see that very often from a linebacker. Mm-hmm. He made a crazy good play. Slova shouldn't have thrown the ball there in the first place, but he did make an amazing play. Um, yeah. Trying to remember with their 55, their nose tackle. Is it Tunga? 95. Maybe. Yeah, Tonga. Dude, that guy was fast off the he's line. Good. He was beating their center like every he's play. Massive. He was yeah. yeah, he's he's a great player. Other than that, I was not impressed by BYU. Like, let's not can we stop pretending like this is Carroll's USC? Can oh, we yeah. stop pretending that JT Daniels didn't go down in their first game that their their starting quarterback didn't go down week 1? Like, yeah. can we stop pretending that this isn't a true freshman quarterback? Who with 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 wide receivers that who got hit in the hands, ball went through their hands and hit them in the helmet like five times. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, good win by BYU, but let's not overreact here. Like, I saw a bunch of people on Twitter saying that BYU is the best team in Utah. Like, they completely <laughs> yeah. forgot what happened a few weeks ago when they got slammed by Utah. Yep. Like, I'm not sure that BYU is the second best team in Utah. But at least there's an argument there right now. Yeah. Well, for sure, they definitely made the argument. Um, yeah, they they've beaten two two historically strong teams who are in really down seasons. But like, let's not overreact here. Like, yeah, let's wait and see. No, um, if they yeah. beat Washington this week, I will give them credit. Oh yeah, cuz I think Washington is a, is an actual good team. Yeah, they're a legit team who deserves to be ranked regardless of that UCLA loss at midnight or Cal loss. Cal loss, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely didn't lose to UCLA. Um but well, like let's not overreact yet. Um Yeah. No, I totally agree. But yeah. Um but yeah, so then just to review a couple of games real quick from last week that we didn't talk about as much. So Stanford got killed by U- by UCF. 
Um, it was in California or it was in Florida, uh, in Orlando and UCF won 45 to 27. And frankly, it was not that close. Um, it was a situation where UCF was up 38 to seven at half and then just put the brakes on and Stanford scored some, some pity points in the fourth quarter did they put uh, in their backup quarterback at a, at some point? For some reason, UCF. Yeah, um, they might have. I'm thinking I wouldn't they, be shocked. If I'm, they did. I'm thinking at some point they put in their backup quarterback. Uh, if they did, he didn't make a pass. Oh, okay, then never mind then. So, oh yeah, but Brandon Wimbush is their backup quarterback, and he did have a run of negative two yards. Hmm. So, because uh, yeah, he's the Notre Dame transfer, right? Okay, I don't know what I'm thinking of then. But yeah, so they killed him. Uh, it was very ugly for Stanford. And that goes along with the whole idea of was USC's win over Stanford even any good? Um, is it just the fact that Stanford isn't good or is it the fact that maybe UCF and USC and BYU are all at about the same level? Is that where we're at? I mean, I would uh, definitely say UCF is leagues above two of those teams or three yeah. of those teams, but like, yeah, like I I know you don't. I've seen your ballot. I have the UCF in the top ten this week. I think I Ooh. think I think they've they haven't beat the opponents to put them in the top ten quite yet, but I think the talent and the and the the, the plays they've left on the field have have gotten in the top ten. I okay. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I slowly get him in there. Um, I just, I feel bad saying this. I just haven't been impressed by any of their, any of their wins so far. Um, they beat FAU, who last year didn't do well, and they trounced an FCS school, and then this Stanford win. So it really depends on what happens with Stanford. Um, we'll talk about their one of their other games in a minute. Um, actually, no, I don't have that on their schedule. So never mind. We'll talk about it now. So they have Pitt uh, next week, and that's another good shot to get a Power 5 win. I'm not super impressed with Pitt, but no. it also is, if they can win it soundly like they beat Stanford, that's a good uh, respect game. So I'm good at that one. Can we um, can we talk about Pitt going for a field goal? And fourth and yeah. I think it was like fourth and three or, or fourth and goals from the three down by seven in the fourth yep. quarter. Yep, that's what. That what was the kind of pansy is that? You're yep. down by seven. You got to go for the freaking tie game. You don't kick a field goal, and then you yeah. freaking miss the goddamn the field, field goal. goal. Yeah. Oh so yeah, it was fourth and goal from the one yard line. Oh, it was the one. Okay, I gave him more credit line. than I thought. Oh my god, you. Yeah. Yeah, so they were first in goal at the one and had two incomplete passes and a run for no gain, a quarterback sneak, before they didn't kick the field goal. Did you see the explanation that the coach gave? No, I didn't. I turned the so game he, off right after I saw that. He, he talked. They talked to him about it, and he explained that at that point in the game, to win the game, you have to score twice. So it doesn't matter if it's a field goal or a touchdown. You have to score twice. Um, so who even like? So it doesn't matter 
if they were to go for a field goal or a touchdown because you need both anyway. And it's just this whole idea of like, you know that trying to get a touchdown from the one yard line would be so much easier than trying to get a field goal here and then trying to go get another touchdown, right? Because at least you're forcing overtime. And you, yeah, you do realize that overtime is a thing. You can win. In, in fact, yeah. somebody has to win in overtime in college. Yep. There's, Which is there's, awesome. The best yeah, way to do it. I, I, I agree. We can, yeah. Like I, I think that you got to have a winner. Yep. I, I hate this tie crap. Yeah. So his big thing was he was trying to talk about how he wasn't making the conservative move. He was making the risky move um, to kick the field goal because then they weren't playing for overtime. They were playing to win, not overtime. Then you're just an Which idiot. Stu- yeah, it's just the stupidest Like If that's how you see have. the game, you shouldn't be a head coach. I hope Pitt, yeah. like, Pitt's front office was like, okay, guys, I think it's time to look for a new head coach after he said that, that crap. Yeah. Narduzzi looked, looked dumb, looked real dumb. Um, so it was it was not a good move by by Narduzzi. Um, the other, so I didn't mention this game before, but I wanted to mention it real quick. Um, the Florida Kentucky game, Florida number nine in the country, went to Kentucky, was down twenty one to ten going into the fourth quarter, and ended up coming back and winning it. Because Kentucky just can't have nice things. No, um, that was so stupid. Uh, for a little bit, we talked about Kentucky being the poo-poo team of the week for blowing that type of lead. Um, but it, it really just comes down. Yeah, they're still the number nine team in the country. But it's so sad. Um, yeah. Like at one point before the comeback started, uh, Kentucky had a 92% chance of winning the game. <laughs> In the third quarter. Oh, man. And, yeah, generally, or sorry, 93% chance when you really look at the where it rounds it just right. Mm. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. And can, and Florida, after they, they gave up the lead, didn't have, wasn't favored to win until like halfway through the fourth quarter. Man. <laughs> when they finally came back and went for two. Um, so they went for two on both of their touchdowns, didn't get it because they were trying to win instead of just playing for overtime and then still ended up winning by eight, even though they couldn't convert either of their <laughs> two point conversions. Yeah. So they, they could have won by a lot more. Um, and then the other game just, uh, from last week we talked about it was El Asico with Iowa number 19 traveling to Iowa state, um, some people call it Cyhawk. I don't like that name of the rivalry because it doesn't make fun of them. <laughs> so I like El Asico. Um, it was an ugly game. It was not a pretty game. It had a lightning delay or like a storm delay that was like two hours yeah. in the middle of the game. Um, I think it was like in the second quarter. Is that where it was? Yeah, because I kept wanting to watch that game and I kept turning it on and it's still delayed. Yeah. Yeah. And so then by the pretty... time it came on, there was better games. So I only watched like a quarter. Yeah. yeah, it was not a pretty game. So there there were two touchdowns in the game, um, both by Iowa State. Um, oh, sorry, three touchdowns. Iowa also got a touchdown and couldn't 
convert. So <laughs> it was just a bunch of field goals. Um, My favorite kind of game. Yeah, it, there were five field goals um, and uh, three touchdowns with a failed two-point conversion. Nice. That didn't end up mattering, but still, it was it was pretty good. Um, so it was a terrible game, stupid game, but... Yeah, but can you talk about how that game ended where Iowa State was going to get the ball back with about two minutes left and uh, Iowa punted the ball and it oh, yeah. went off the back of the Iowa State player and Iowa got the ball and that was the game. And that was it. That was all of it. It's like, That's oh, all it took. you had a chance. You were only down by one in a rivalry against a ranked team. With a minute and a half left. With a minute and a half left and you, you pull that crap. Yep. Ugh. Yep. And, and yeah, they had plenty of time. They would have got the ball. So Iowa ended up getting the ball at the 22-yard line. Um, so Iowa State had plenty of time to get into field goal range. Um, and then that was just it. The saddest way to end a game. Yeah, Iowa it State's was, lucky there was a bunch of other teams like crap the bed worse, so, or else they would have been the poo-poo team of the week. Yeah, they didn't even make was, it on the board because everyone else sucked it. worse. Yeah. That was pretty bad. That was pretty horrible. So the games for this week that we're going to talk about, um, there's a couple. I'm really excited. I texted you about this the other day. I'm super excited for the games this week. Um, So the first game I want to talk about is Utah versus USC. Um, So this comes down to the idea of, is USC good? This is a chance for them to prove that they actually are good. This is a chance for Utah to just put their stamp real quick and say, we're going to win the South. There's no question about it. Um, if they can blow out USC, Utah's favored by four right now, but historically they have not done well um, going down to LA. So that'll be a good chance for Utah to get a monkey off their backs and actually do something. Um, but the big thing I want to talk about here is Zach Moss is looking great. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was pro football focus had Zach Moss as their number seven for Heisman watch. Um, He's, he's doing real well and Huntley is doing everything he needs to. He's not, he doesn't need to do a lot, but he's doing what he's asked to do and it's, it's looking good. So I'm, I'm feeling good about this Utah team. Um, I had them in my top 10 on my ballot. So I think Utah will win it. I think it'll be a good chance for them to make a statement. The next game I want to talk about was the Air Force-Boise State game. This is really similar where Air Force had a really good win last week against Colorado uh, that they probably should not have won. (laughs) Um, And Boise State, they have the freshman quarterback. Um, I think this is going to be an ugly game. Last year, Air Force went to Utah State and gave Utah State a headache and it and made it a really close game. I think they can do the same thing to Boise State. I think they're more talented than they were last year. Um, and I think if they can just put pressure on the Boise State quarterback, make him win the game, I think Bachmeyer's very similar to Slovis, where he's young. He's going to have a hard time. He's, he's not going to do I, – I, well, it's not that he'll do poorly. I just don't think he's the guy – to lean on yet i think he'll progress into it Mm -hmm. but he's not there yet makes sense so um but i do have boise state winning that one um maybe not by a lot i think it'll be pretty close Mm -hmm. um the next game is 
Um, also out west with Utah State versus San Diego State. Um, these are two teams that so far, um, not quite sure what to think of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, San Diego State uh, beat UCLA. Yeah, they did beat UCLA. So they beat UCLA in a fairly close game and then in a close game against Weber State as well. Right. Um, I mean, they're winning, and that's good, but it's just not convincing. Uh, and then Utah State crushed their FCS opponent but lost a close one against Wake. Mm-hmm. So it's this whole idea of like, okay, where are they? It's it's hard just to to measure it. Utah State's currently favored by four. Um, it's also similar to San Diego State or to Utah, where Utah State when they've has never won in San Diego, um, and they haven't beaten San Diego State since like '68. Um, they didn't used to be in the same conference, so it's only been like five games in the same conference. But either way, they need to start winning that if they want to start winning the conference. Right. Um. I think that'll be a really interesting game. Um, so San Diego State averages only giving up eight points a game, um, and they only score 20 points a game, whereas Utah State score has so far scored 48 points a game and averages giving up 22. Hmm. So if you say law of averages, it's going to be about 28 to 21, okay. you know, roughly. Um I think it's going to be a really interesting game. If it's close, I like San Diego State, but I think Utah State has the potential to blow it out um, just because I've talked to a couple San Diego State people and they don't love their pass defense and they don't love that they don't do a well, uh, they don't feel like they do a good job of putting pressure on the quarterback. And so that means that Jordan Love could just be sitting back there all day with open receivers to pick on. Um, their big thing was they said, we're not going to let you run. Your rushing attack is going to do poorly. And I kind of went, awesome. Okay, yep. we'll take it. Yep, let's do that. Let's have our super efficient, uh, maybe first-round pick uh, quarterback have all day to do whatever he wants. Right. I'm okay with that. So we'll see how that goes. But it should be pretty interesting. Um, so I have Utah State winning that one. Okay. Um, and then the last couple games I want to talk about, was we'll start with the Auburn Texas A&M. I will be going to that game. I'm pretty excited. Um, should be a good one. Should be a really good one right now. Texas A&M's favored by three. Uh, A&M just lost their starting. Uh, well, their old starting uh, running back in Corbin. Mm. He he looked good, but now it's just going to go down to a freshman with okay. Spiller. Um, so it's a question of how well does the, spe- does the freshman respond. But Auburn also has a has a true freshman with Bo Nix, uh, who looked pretty good when they played Oregon. Right. But it's it's a true freshman. You never know what you're going to get. Of course. So I like A&M in this one in a really close game, really okay. good game. Um, they're very similar in style of play. So it'll be a good, uh, good fist fight. Um, the next game is Michigan versus Wisconsin. This is the game I'm excited for. Yeah, I think this will be a good. I think this is the one that game day's at, right? I think so. I don't know. I believe so. I was for a minute. I thought game day might come to to College Station, but they are not because there's. Mm. I think there's two games that are bigger. Yeah. Than uh than that one, but okay. yeah. So 
Michigan versus Wisconsin. I don't know. I I haven't I mean Army put up a really good fight against Michigan, but I still think Michigan's really good. But Wisconsin showed up. Wisconsin's looked really good. Wisconsin still has zero points scored against them. Yeah. Like that's something. Like their opponents yeah. haven't been too strong. No, I mean Central but, Michigan and South Florida aren't great, but I mean to, a lot to of zero skunk points. somebody is good. Yeah, right. yeah. Especially um, in two games, to not even allow a field goal. Yeah, that's impressive. Yep, and they they're only averaging giving up like a hundred yards a game. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, it's like twenty yards passing and like eighty-seven yards or sorry. 87 yards passing and 20 yards rushing. Wow. Um, while they're getting, on average, 517 yards a game. Um, <laughs> so they're and scoring 55 people. points a game. Yeah, so they're crushing people, which, I mean, you look at it, and that's what that's really good, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're really good. Right. It, um, but Michigan State, or Michigan wasn't able to do that to uh, Middle Tennessee State or Army. Right. So... Yeah, What's this going is gonna on? this is gonna be a real test for Michigan, especially their offense that I've had a lot of questions about. Their, yeah, their, their their defense is is good. It's been it's always good, but their yeah. offense has some serious questions. I don't think they're getting better. I think a big thing people are missing is that um, Harbaugh is not calling the offensive plays anymore. He handed all of his offensive plays off to his offensive coordinator, who's the first year calling offensive plays. Yep. So. I think that's it's something you should, you should, yeah, you should look out for in this game is is their their offense, how they're doing, and uh, how their offensive play calling is looking. Yep. So it'll be really, really interesting. And then the last game. Oh, and in this game, um, I, oh, I'm really cautious on it. I could see it going either way. I do think Wisconsin comes out with the win. Okay. Um, I think they give up points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, probably. Um, they're favored by three and a half. I probably, if I was to bet it, I probably would bet the under um, just because I don't see this being decided by a lot. Um, and a three-point game is probably what I would expect either way. So, okay. um, And then the last game is Notre Dame-Georgia. Um, this is a good game too. Yeah, so this is number three Georgia and number seven Notre Dame. Um, have you seen what the spread on this game is? No, I haven't. I want you to guess. So it's at Georgia, number three in the country, number seven in the country coming to town. What do you think it is? Georgia by seven. Georgia by 14. Oh, geez. That's incredible. So so Uh, I'll say this about that, though. Georgia is averaging, I think, 286 rushing yards a game. Notre Dame's rush defense has looked bad. They're missing easy tackles and they just haven't looked great so yeah they've had louisville and uh new mexico and they're giving up on average 230 yards a game That's neither bad. of those are good teams no no so yeah i'd expect georgia to run all over this defense and... run all over them. it's gonna be it's gonna i and that's why i don't think this is as good of a game although it should be where it's like three versus seven right but i just think it's the point where after about number five, there's a pretty steep drop off, and yep, we're on opposite sides of that. So I think Georgia yeah. wins this one pretty easily. 
Yeah, I think that 14-point spread is pretty accurate. I, I I have Georgia winning by about 14 or 15 points. Yeah, so yeah, so that's what's going on in college football. All right, cool. Really quick, last week I I asked the question why Melvin Gordon would come back before week 10. Um, uh, like, if you're going to hold out that long, why wouldn't you just hold out the rest of the season? Uh-huh. Um, my brother-in-law, Dave, henceforth known as Brolo, El Cunado okay. pointed out that Melvin Gordon is on his fifth year deal from the Chargers. If he doesn't report by the th- week 10 of the season, they can bring that back for next year. If, if he comes back at least by week 10, he will be a free agent at the end of the year. If not, he'll have to, uh, the cheat or the Chargers could enforce that fifth year again. Um, starting this process over again so that's why he's coming at week 10 thanks dave pointing it out here's your shout out thanks man appreciate it thanks for being an awesome listener that's good Um, that is good cool i'm sure anyone who watches a bunch of nfl content is sick of sick of hearing a fish about officiating but um (laughs) i really need to talk about officiating this week um it's just getting it's just getting really bad and um so I, I want to start with pass interference and, and pass interference being reviewable now because I think yeah. I think that's a really big topic. Um, obviously, this is this is sparked by the NFC Championship last year with Roby Coleman tackling the defender instead of intercepting the ball for, for the win. Um, yeah. And Sean and not Payton. not getting called. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and it not getting called. So Sean Payton and uh, Saints fans and moaned until and threatened lawsuits until the NFL you know created the Sean Payton rule which I said at mm-hmm. the time was a bad idea um I think you I, don't like it no I like it I I I, I, I hate it um and, and I I'm I'm not necessarily against pass interference being reviewable I know like those two these two statements are off yeah the, the, the problem the problem is is there's no set line Right, like, so I I think originally the reason we wanted we what we wanted this plays we never want to see something like that that happened in an NFC Championship, right? Yeah, like that that was the goal. We never want to see that again. I think there's better ways of achieving that goal than than this. So let me give you a few specific examples of of why this this rule has been pretty pretty shaky so far. Um, mm-hmm. Let's 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 start with Richard Sherman clearly interfering with Mike Evans at the end of the fourth quarter in week one. Um, Mike Evans is going for the ball. Richard Sherman, without looking at the ball, first off puts his arm across Mike Evans' chest. Instantly right there, we have pass interference. Clear and obvious. He then like hits down Mike Evans' hands. Smacks down the arms, yeah. So he can't go for the ball. Again, clear Mm -hmm. pass interference. Um Mm -hmm wasn't called on the field obviously um bucks threw a challenge flag mm-hmm. comes back and they 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 the play stands and they, they come back know. they came out after the after the after the game and say mm-hmm. both players were you know being handsy were, were contacting each other and nobody clearly interfered um with with the other catching the ball which mm-hmm. the statement, like if that's a statement, that's that's fine. Except for it's it's not true. Like 
he yeah. clearly interfered with him. So like, ugh. and then and then we go to the to this week, Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. his 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 first touchdown with the the New England. He 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 clearly has both hands pushes off the receiver. Or, I mean the 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 defensive back catches the mm-hmm. ball touchdown. They throw it's reviewed. Play stands, no pass interference. Hmm. First game of the season, Chicago Bears versus the Packers. Uh, one of, I think it's, I might be, I might be even mixing up the teams, but I believe it is Allen Robinson. Clearly, one-handed push pushes off the player, turns around, catches the ball because he has three feet of, mm-hmm. three yards of Those separation space, yeah. because he just pushed off. Challenged on the field because it happened right in front of Matt Lafleur. Mm-hmm. Play stands, mm. and then we have like the Stefan Diggs touchdown that was taken back this week. Um, mm-hmm. Was a touch. So they're just not consistent on it. Is the big thing? Yeah, the, 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 the big not, thing is they're not, not con- changing. Anything. It's the big thing is it's not consistent, which is my issue. But I also like. The problem with pass interference is it's pretty like judgmental. Like it's mm-hmm. pretty ticky tacky. Like it it can go either way. Like I I don't think we should be reviewing all of these plays. Like, and if mm-hmm. we are, like we need a clear line. Like they're, the line they give is clear and obvious. And mm-hmm. there've been clear and obvious examples that mm-hmm. were were overturned. Mm-hmm. Or not overturned, and there was clear the ones that I didn't think were clear and obvious that were overturned. Um, yeah, like and, and then another issue we ran into is in the Bucks Panthers game on Thursday night. There was um, a play that was reviewed, and it was deemed that the ball was not out of the quarterback's hands when the the interference <laughs> or contacts happened. So instead of being pass interference, it's illegal contact. Well, legal contact isn't reviewable. So even though it's clear and obvious that this guy interfered with the um, wide receiver because it was illegal contact, they didn't get anything for it. Um, hmm. it it's just a mess. So, so here's 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 how I would have fixed it. Here's what I would have suggested um, six months ago, eight months ago, when when this first happened of how we fix this. Okay. We we either have two or three officials or two or three ex players in a booth upstairs. Mm-hmm. They rewatch the play once. If mm-hmm. they see something that they think is egregious that was clearly missed, like mm-hmm. these the the pass interference in the um, NFC Championship, and I'll give an example of this week of the New Orleans Saints. There's a play where yeah. Marcus Peters takes off the helmet of. Laquan Smith, I think is Traquan Smith, um, mm-hmm. and they missed it. Like I think yeah. that's something that like was clear and obvious that you can. Hey, you guys missed this. We need to call this. Like, but I don't think we should be reviewing these ticky tack plays because it's so judgmental. We don't have consistency. So either mm-hmm. you need to figure out a way to be consistent, or mm-hmm. we need a way of just any play that is egregious that needs to be looked at. And when I say egregious, I mean one or two looks where 
okay, yeah, you guys clearly missed this. Like it's there, yeah. And then like without slow motion and everything. Right, exactly. And from there, New York takes a look at it. Okay. Um and then New York deems whether or not it is but even that, because New York has been reviewing these pass interference calls and they've been letting them st- stand or they've they've overturned some. So like it has to be like one 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 or two looks of mm-hmm. okay, this is clearly a foul. I, yeah. I and it, I think it can be any foul if if there's a clear holding, defensive holding, there's a, mm. a legal contact to the face. Like if it's egregious, they should be able to stop the play. Like hey, let's take a look. They take one or two looks. If they're not sure after those one or two looks, we go back to playing the game. Mm. Um, if, if they're sure after those one or two looks, then they can look at it again if they need to deem you know where the ball is placed and what time the clock is stopped. But mm-hmm. I, I, that's how I would fix it. You, you, you quit all of this stopping of the game, and we only do like egregious, clear penalties. Not something where we're slowing it down in slow motion and being ticky tacky about it. Um, okay. And so, let's go to the New Orleans Rams game this 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 week because okay. obviously the the Saints were playing the Rams. We knew there was going to be a, a, a ref controversy before the game started. You had to know something was going to happen in this yeah. game. Um, the Saints were going to find something in this game, um, and and uh, they found it. Um, so in case you somehow missed it, mm-hmm. Jared Goff had a clear fumble. It was pretty. I I didn't see it first play because he's hidden behind a defender, like. Mm-hmm. But it was it was obviously pretty close. Um, either way. Um, the the referee ruled it incomplete pass and he blew the whistle and blew the whistle. The problem yeah. is he didn't one he didn't blow the whistle right away. By the mm-hmm. time he blew the whistle, Cam Jordan had recovered the ball and was on his way to the end zone. He was at like the Rams like 30 or 40 yard line with no one in sight. Yeah. So obviously people see this and think, "Oh my gosh, the refs are cheating for the Rams again." Mhm. <sighs> this Here uh, he so before you say anything, he shouldn't have blown the whistle at all. You just have to let that play out. A hundred percent. Like yeah, and that's what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, like here's 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 my thing. So like the the reason the reason they blow the whistle um, mm-hmm. is it was one players get injured um, mm-hmm. and two it slows down the game. So yeah. so after after scoring or with quotations, scoring the touchdown and being called back as the blown whistle. Mm-hmm. Cam Jordan complained, I just ran 80 yards for nothing. Yeah. Right? Which was pretty funny. And it's, but um, imagine the inverse happens. It's actually an incomplete pass, but they don't blow it dead. Um, I, somebody... I'll make it funny. Let's make Jared Goff somehow chases down Cam Jordan, goes mm-hmm. and tackles him, breaks his ankle. He's out for mm-hmm. season, out for or ends his career potentially. Yeah. You think running eighty yards for uh, for nothing is? How about ending your career for nothing? Yeah, like you can you can you can see why they don't. Mm-hmm. But but I think we can come to a consensus of that we would rather have the, them not take points away because this because let's let's not let's be honest this happens 
all the time. This isn't like a one-off situation that's only happened to the Saints and we've never seen this before. It's not like the, the, the NFC Championship game where it's like, holy crap, I have never seen a pass interference that clear and obvious and bad that they missed. This is something that happens all the time. It just unfortunately happened to happen to the Saints against the Rams taking away a touchdown. Um, yeah. So I agree. I think even if he... So people say that they should have ruled it a fumble because there's always review. Okay, here's the problem though. Review, tie goes to the runner. So let's mm-hmm. say the camera angles aren't good or what have you. It's pretty close. If you side with the fumble, then it's going to be a fumble. Mm-hmm. I think what they should do is they should let it play, but at the end, they can still call it incomplete pass. Say, I saw incomplete pass, but we let them you know, do their return so that you can challenge it. And if you get the challenge, which they would have in this case, you get the seven points or you get the 30 or 40 yards that you'd normally get on these plays. Um, <clears throat> like I, I just, I, I hate to see seven points taken away. And after that happened, <clears throat> I was like, Oh crap. I really hope the Rams beat them by more than seven I, points. More than, you know what that swing would have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so in the, and they did. And they did. And uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the, big, the bigger story in this game that we should be talking about, but we can't because the officials suck and just hate the Saints and the Rams cheat, is that Breeze injured his hand in this game. Um, yeah. Aaron Donald, while going for a hit, like hands collided with Breeze, his thumb I bent. Him. Yeah. yeah, his thumb bent really weird. He's going to need to get surgery he'll be out for six weeks i'm really glad that they're not whining about this hit from aaron donald because it was very legal and clearly he wasn't trying to injure the player so i'm glad we're not like calling out for a hit list or bounties or what have you um but uh breeze breeze being out is is pretty big for the new orleans saints but let's be honest before he left they had he had an interception which was a crazy interception by the way um mm-hmm. jared he threw the ball to jared cook jared cook couldn't bring the ball in it like bounced it, like it, he fell on the ground it bounced off him and it fell into uh mm-hmm. john johnson's hands mm-hmm. troy aikman and i can't remember whoever the colors play act like it was a completely normal play like they showed oh, yeah. zero excitement it's one of the crazier interceptions i've seen and uh-huh. and they acted like he just ran for three yards, <laughs> like it was pretty. I, I'm not a huge fan of Troy Aikman calling games, and I think it should be illegal for him to call a Cowboys game because him calling a Cowboys yeah. game is just it. It would be as bad as Skip Bayless calling a Cowboys game, um, yeah. seriously. Um, but anyway, so with Breeze being out, they went to um, Terry. Teddy Bridgewater. I'm just called him Teddy, Terry. Terry Bridgewater. Good old Terry Bridgewater. Uh, I'm, uh, but um, Teddy Bridgewater is is a decent player. He's pretty good. He's not bad. He, yeah. His, his big thing is he doesn't have a big arm, which uh-huh. Drew Brees, at least not anymore, doesn't really have a big arm. Yeah. No. Um, the big big thing I have against um, Bridgewater is that he's super conservative, like he he doesn't take any chances at all and you're you just can't win games without taking any risk or chances throughout the game 
unless your team is just that much better than the other. Like with Huntley. Well, like, it depends on who you have. Like It's the whole idea of if you have a running attack and you have a good defense, yeah, you just got to be conservative in your quarterback play. You don't want to lose it on the quarterback play because you can win it elsewhere. Sure, and they, and they do have a really good running back in Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Their defense isn't great. Like, yeah, that's the big issue. Like, I, I was expecting their defense to be better. Eli Apple sucks. Mm-hmm. Lattimore has been pretty lackluster. We 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 put mm-hmm. up a few big plays on Lattimore. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't hear much from their their defensive line. There was a few pressures on Goff. I think he was sacked once or twice. But mm-hmm. we also had an injury on 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 our offensive line. Our offensive line is pretty young at this point, other than our two tackles. Um, yeah. So, uh, a lot of people after seeing Teddy Bridgewater go in ask why Taysom Hill isn't in. Oh yeah. And a lot of these people happen to be the same BYU fans mm-hmm. who were booing Taysom Hill and saying that he should be benched for Tanner Mango. Yep. So, I don't know what you guys want, but Taysom Hill is is just as good as he was then when you guys boo- were booing him and telling him to be benched, like. He's a good wildcat player who's good for four or five yards of play when he's in as a gadget player. He yeah, is he's not, an energy guy, you know. For his career, throwing the ball, he is three for seven for 64 yards. 64 yards doesn't sound bad for seven. I mean, for, for, yeah, for seven passes, that's, that's until you good. realize that one of them was a 44 yarder. I'm pretty sure to Alvin Kamara, that was a short pass that he just ran past the defense. So, yeah. so he really has t- one completion for 44 yards and two completions for 10 yards. Yeah. Little dink, little dinks. And uh, he's, he's good for four or five, four, I think it's like 4.6 yards average running. Mm-hmm. I can't find the stats right now for that. Um, yeah. But he's he's something like he's a good gadget player. Like uh-huh. he's he's an athletic player. He's tough as balls. Like mm-hmm. he is not You can put him anywhere on the field and he'll contribute. Yeah, he'll contribute. But Teddy Bridgewater is clearly better. Like yeah. I really hope they do put Taysom Hill Till Hill in at some point in the next 6 weeks just so we can see how lackluster he is over a complete series, not when he's yeah. in for one play and just runs for five or six yards. Like mm-hmm. he's a human incarnate of the wild card. Like he's good for <laughs> four yards of carry. Um, yeah. So that's enough about the saints. Let's move to the other hall of fame quarterback that was injured this week. Well, I don't believe he was injured this week. I believe he was injured um, this offseason. But Ben Roethlisberger left this game against the Seahawks with an elbow injury that's going to need surgery. He's out for season. Um, He hasn't looked great. He didn't look great against Patriots last week. I said Mm -hmm. something was off last week, and he looked pretty bad in the first couple quarters against the Seahawks before he left the game. Um, He still has two more years on his contract and he is saying he's coming back and is going to play for those two more years. Um, but a lot of things can happen in a year. Um, one, they do have Mason Rudolph as their backup. Um, 
Mason Rudolph was pretty good at Oklahoma State. He was pretty productive there. He was a pretty good player. Um, I'm excited to see how he does in the NFL. Like I, I thought he needed a, a little bit of time to get used to the NFL to to kind of just learn. Yeah, that's um, a big thing. I wish he would have had a little bit more time, but I'm excited to see how he does. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Steelers. And I want to be I want to be clear on this. After after Ben Roethlisberger was injured, after what mm-hmm. I consider their season to be over, pretty much over, because they're in a, mm-hmm. other than the Bucks, a pretty tough division and have a pretty tough schedule. They traded their mm-hmm. first round pick and I think a second round pick and a fourth round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick yeah. um, from the Dolphins. Now I want to be. Oh, clear. was it that much included? Yeah. I thought it was just a first rounder. Yeah, so they did get picks back. I actually wasn't the fourth rounder. I think it was like the sixth or seventh round, and they get like a sixth and a fourth rounder back or something like that. Okay, so so they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. They gave away their what's likely a top ten first round pick at this point, plus yep a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick next year mm-hmm. for Minka Fitzpatrick and a fourth round pick this year and a seventh round pick next year. Yeah. So they traded fourth or f- fourth for a fifth this or a fifth for a fourth this year. And then a sixth for a seventh or a, yeah. Sixth for a seventh next year. So, um, I, I think this is a great pickup by the Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot better if they hadn't just lost their court starting quarterback and weren't going to, it wasn't going to be a top 10 pick, but yeah, but what this tells me, this clearly tells me, is they believe in Mason Rudolph. Okay. Because you're you're giving up a potentially top ten pick in the first round for Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be taking one of these like you're probably not getting Tua because you're not going to go first or second overall. No. Um, but you could be getting Herbert. You could be getting Love. You could be getting a few other of these potential first round quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, but Minka Fitzpatrick was an 11th overall pick last year and he has been a hit. I think he's good. Yeah. Seeing what we have seen now, I would give a top 10 pick for him now. I, so, mm-hmm. and, and here's the, here's the deal with draft picks. Like everybody thinks they're good at, at picking in the draft. The draft is 50, 50 at this point. And it might even be worse stat statistically than that on, on being able to hit. It might be a little mm-hmm. bit higher in the first round. But yeah, even first then, round's we've, generally pretty good. But even then, we've had some big first round busts. Um, yeah. Even outside the quarterback position. Um, mm-hmm. So I think trading a first round pick for somebody who went in the first round, who's clearly deserved that first round pick, it's a great trade. I, I think yeah. this is something they really needed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be very competitive this year. They're going to they're going to win some games with Mason Rudolph, but they're they're going to be taking. But he'll grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll get some time to grow. Um, Roethlisberger th- says he's coming back next season. I think he probably does come back next season, but I think there's really? also yeah, I, I do think there's a decent chance he does retire. But. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just surprised he hasn't already retired. Yeah, That's probably my biggest thing. And here's the thing. A few years ago, he talked about potentially retiring because he was tired of being injured all the time and, the, and this and that. And now he has a season-ending injury. Like, if he hadn't come out and said, 
I plan on playing for the rest of my contract. Like I'm ready to come back next year stronger and what have you. I would I I was ready to say that he was 100% gonna retire. He's done. Yeah. But with that, I I I I don't know. I don't I don't, I think if Mason Rudolph comes out and, you know, leads this team to even 8 and 8, 9 and 7, that might change. Like he might he might see that and think, "All right, maybe it's time for me to retire." Or the inverse. If they go 0 and 16, Mm-hmm. He might also be like, you know what? That might not be the team I want to go play for. Yeah, like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm yeah. done. Um, yeah, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see how how these two two do. Um, Jalen Ramsey is the other defensive back that's on the trading block this week. Mm-hmm. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday, so when you're re- listening to this on Thursday, they could have a deal done. As for what I've heard, it's a pretty. They're pretty close to getting there. There, there've been some first rounders, and uh, first. So there's one team in the NFC and the one team in the AFC that have offered first rounders. The AFC team also offered a player. We have no idea, and mm. the the NFC team offered like a fourth round pick with it. I think, mm. um, which I think is a steal for Jalen Ramsey. Um, I really want the Chiefs to go after Jalen Ramsey. Um, the Chiefs, okay. I think the one thing they need to be super competitive with the Patriots is somebody who can sit and play opposite Antonio Brown or Flash Gordon. Oh yeah, or even Edelman. Like, mm-hmm. like that's they were pretty competitive last year, but they picked up two mm-hmm. really good wide receivers. Yeah. Like, that yes, they're missing Gronk, but hmm. um, I, 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 their secondary is really suspect. The Chiefs have come out and said that they're not interested in tr- trading for Jalen Ramsey because their locker room is good right now and they don't want his attitude. Which, or in other words, nobody raised the price of him because we're we're fine bidding for him. We just don't want to bid a lot. Yeah, and and that could be it. Like, I, I really want to see him in red next year. I think the Eagles would be smart to be fighting for him too. Like yeah. their their secondary their secondary looks bad. It looks suspect as hell. Like I I am I'm not ex, I'm not excited to watch their secondary for the rest of the season. Like yeah. Their their offense once they get Djack and um Jeffrey back, their offense mm-hmm. is great. Like that's that's the only, let's be clear, that's the only reason they lost to the Falcons this week. Is because Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey were out, and they were mm-hmm. down to Ertz and um, God. I always forget Aguilar's name, um, but they were down to those two. Aguilar made a terrible drop at the end of the game that that potentially lost it for him. Um, but I, I their secondary. It, needs to step it up or they're not winning. They're not going to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Um, other news, another Hall of Fame quarterback, not injured, but Eli Manning has finally, after three years of calling for it, has been benched for Daniel Jones. Um, yeah. And a lot of people are saying that this was planned because they played um, the Bills and the Cowboys week one and week two. And they play Tampa is who I think it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. They play they play Tampa this week, so a much less, a lot weaker 
defense um, this week. So, so like one, you get a couple games to watch Eli Manning in his warmups and and see how it is to play a quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the first game he isn't going against one of these top defenses and just looks bad. Um, yeah, he he'll, he should have a pretty decent first week. I mean. Mm-hmm. He is still playing for the Giants with no Sterling Shepard or really any other wide receivers. Yeah, and I still don't think he will be a great quarterback, so I, there's that too. I don't think so either. I think he's probably Andy Dalton level. Ooh, I think that's high level for him. I think that's his ceiling. I, I mean, that's kind of what I was... I I think he ends up at Andy Dalton level. Like I think at best case scenario he lives, like I'm being optimistic here saying he's gonna end up at Andy Dalton level like he could be just a lackluster and out of the league in a couple of years, um, but I mean we'll see he doesn't have a the only again the only weapon that offense has is Saquon Barkley, um, so yeah one sec I want to see something basically SB Nation has an article where they compare your. Uh, college success rate and talk about how that's like your ceiling right and they did it last year with josh allen and talked about how like he's not going to do that well and it's true that you're no quarterback reaches the success rate they had in, in college right um and daniel jones of all of the like draft picks this year for quarterback had the second lowest third lowest success rate um what is what is how do they define success rate so success rate is basically the idea of um it's not just like completion percentage but it's a completion that gets you like what you need okay okay um so basically if it's you know third and five or third i think it's basically third down in general you get a first down Okay. It, if you're on the goal line, you get a touchdown. But I also think like first downs and maybe even second downs, you're allowed um, if you get it like within – like say it's first and 10 and you then have a pass completed for eight yards. Mm-hmm. Like I think that counts. I'm not 100% on the, on the numbers of it. Okay. But yeah, so his success rate was 39.6%. Uh, for reference, Tanner Mangum was 40.1%. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald was 39%. Um, Kyler Murray was 53%. Dwayne Haskins was 53%. Uh, Will Greer was 49%. So that's the whole idea there is the idea that nobody nobody does it, and it worked last year. So Baker Mayfield's college success rate was 55%, and his rookie success rate was 43%. Darnold was 52. He dropped to 50, to 41. Um, Lamar Jackson was one of the closer ones where he was 47 and he dropped to 40. Um, okay. Well, I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to outperform at least his passing in college. So yeah, that stat can go suck itself. Yeah. Um, last year's was a lot better because they compared them to, they talked about what their rate was uh-huh. and they said, okay, so if that's their rate, if that's their success rate in, um, the NFL, here's the NFL quarterback right now who has that success rate. 
Oh, okay. Um, so, like, for example, uh, they said, like, okay, so here's who it is and here's who their ceiling would be. Um, but, yeah, like, Blake Bortles – yeah, like, Bortles is a is a 40% success rate. So the idea is that Daniel Jones' ceiling – is Blake Bortles. Okay, yeah, that's more more of what I'm projecting him as. You're right, Andy Dalton is a little optimistic. I think he's more like Blake Bortles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, fair. that's a pretty fair one. So. Okay. So, uh, really quickly, the, I, 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 the only other game I really want to talk about that happened this week was the Bears-Broncos game. Oh, um, uh, yeah. So, in, in case you weren't watching this game, in the fourth quarter... Broncos were down by seven. They went and mm-hmm. scored with about a minute and a half left. I think there might have been a, actually. I think there's a little bit more time than that, um, but not very much time left. They decided to go for two. Mm-hmm. They got the two point conversion to go up by one. Um, mm-hmm. As the Bears were charging downfield, like a bunch of bears, like a bunch of bears. Uh, Chubb sacked Trubisky. Uh-huh. It was a clean tackle. I do not know how he could have done it better, but they obviously threw a pass, roughing the passer. They gave him 15 mm-hmm. yards. Um, they got in miraculous. Trubisky threw the ball. They got straight into field goal range. He got down, and they called a timeout. With, like I think there's exactly one second left on the clock. Mm-hmm. In a week where it seems like everybody was missing field goals, the Chargers missed two. I think the Vikings at least missed one. I think they missed two. The There's a few other teams that just missed. I think Vinatieri missed two extra points and a field goal, mm-hmm. um, which there was rumors he was going to retire. He didn't retire yet. Um, but in a week that, Everybody was missing field goals. A Bears kicker kicked a game-winning field goal from 53 yards to win the game. <laughs> it was a miracle. I was stunned. I was shocked. I, di- I thought for sure he was going to shank it left, or God forbid he was going to doink it off the goalposts, mm-hmm. but he hit it. They, the Bears have find, found their uh, franchise kicker in Pinero. Um, so good for them. They shouldn't have had the opportunity in the first place because uh, Chubb's sack was definitely legal. And but you know, great for them to kick a game-winning field goal. Um, mm-hmm. Games next week to watch. Um, the game I'm definitely going to watch and think you should watch is Rams Browns. Um, oh yeah, that's one I'm very interested in. Yeah. So people in the audience do not know, but me and yep. Mason have a going bet about. Who a will friendly have wager. friendly wager of who will win more games this season, the Browns or the Rams? Um, I obviously have the Rams. Um, yeah, and I have the Browns because they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're not. Uh, <laughs> I, we can go double for nothing on that bet too. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Browns had a pretty bad week one. Um, that made me feel bad. That was that was a pretty quick oh that was a bad bet to make yeah and then week two they did beat the jets by 20 i do i do want to say this though 
the Jets were missing seven starters, including their quarterback, Sam Darnold. Their, with mono. With mono. <laughs> Trevor Simeon, their, their backup quarterback, went down really early with a season-ending injury um, for Miles Garrett, who had a couple nasty tackles. Um, mm-hmm. Their offensive line does not look great at all. So watch for this Rams defensive line to light them up. Baker is going to take some hits. Um, Mm -hmm. The Browns run game hasn't been great. The Rams haven't been great at stopping the run in the past couple of years. So I would expect Chubb to have a better game this week than he did last week. But even mm-hmm. though they beat the Jets by twenty three to twenty or twenty three to three, mm-hmm. it, I I saw that it wasn't it was OBJ versus the world, like OBJ yeah. had an incredible one handed catch um, that got him a touchdown, and then he had a a really long run. I'm, I can't I forgot how long it was, but it was a really long run. Um, oh, the eighty nine yarder. Yeah, it was eighty nine yards. Okay, where yeah. where by the. <laughs> If you rewatch the play, the safety in the back is off screen. He is 30 yards back. Watching the play, you do not even see he's there. It looks like the Jets have 10 players on defense. Yeah. And uh, Odell just ran right past him. So even yep. apparently having your, your safety 30 yards downfield doesn't stop a game uh, like an 89-yard touchdown from Odell Beckham. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a very good. It was a pretty lazy effort by the safety. If you watch it, he kind of just like ran past him. Like I didn't think he made an honest effort to actually get Odell there. Um, yeah. But um, Baker had some pretty inaccurate throws, which is unlike him. Um, yeah. So, he didn't look. He didn't look awesome. No, I think that I think the Rams win this convincingly. I'm thinking something like thirty-four to twenty-one. Mm. Um. And then the next game is Ravens-Chiefs. I do think the Chiefs win this game. I do think that their their offense does look as strong. But um, this one, this is the first, like, this is the best opponent that Lamar Jackson has played thus far this year and will be an actual test of how good he really is um, and how good this Ravens defense actually is. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. I think... I think the Chiefs win this game, um, but I think the Ravens keep it competitive. I think it's a high-scoring game, um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to watch Lamar Jackson. I love this guy. Uh, I'll say it every week until he stops looking good. Um, he looks great. He had another amazing throw to Hollywood Brown to seal the game against the Cardinals. Um, yeah, and then Texans Chargers are two one-in-one teams that were three points away from or a field goal away from winning or being two and oh um chargers missed two field goals and an extra point i think and lost it by three to the the lions um, oh yeah and then the texans obviously gave up that that game winning field goal the will lights at the end With of the lots. game against the saints yep. um so those are my games to watch Really quickly, my top 10 again. Um, at 10, I kind of have a three-way tie, um, and the tie goes to the 2-0 and team with the Buffalo Bills winning two oh, man. on-the-road games. Their defense is legit. Um, their offense 
has looked pretty good. They have faced the Giants and the Jets. So um, we'll see when they actually face a good defense how they look. Um, But right now, I have them at 10. I have Houston and Minnesota who are fighting for that position. Um, Mm -hmm. Number nine, I have Seattle. I think Russell Wilson has looked really good. He uh, DK Metcalf, like every other wide receiver in Seattle, has been successful thus far. Um, mm-hmm. San Francisco at number eight. Um, they're a young mm-hmm. team. They're fun to watch. The question mark is still Jimmy G. How good is Garoppolo? How good? It, how how far can he lead this team? Number seven, I have the Ravens. Um, if they put up a convincing game against the Chiefs, they don't have to win. I probably have them in my top five, but right now, because they only have wins over the Cardinals. Um, oh, and the Dolphins. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> because they only have wins over the... Two of the worst teams. Yeah, two of the worst teams in the league. Like, yeah, they, they, they haven't earned that top five spot for me. Um, number six, we actually have the Eagles. They dropped out of the top five for me. Um hmm. Their defense, their defensive line has looked great. Um, they haven't looked let up too many rushing yards this year season, but their secondary is looking to get thrashed this season. Um, mm. And their running backs haven't been super great. Um, and with their two, with Djack and Alshon Jeffrey, they couldn't get this game going against the Falcons. I have them at six. Okay. Number five, I have the Cowboys. They probably should be up four, but I'm a Cowboys hater, so they're at five. <laughs> Dak has looked really good. Um, yeah, yes. Randall Cobb has looked like a good pickup. Gallup has looked good, even though he's going to be out next week. Um, Amari Cooper obviously is good. And then Zeke, to his credit, has looked really good. Um, and then this defense yep. is obviously really good. So top five probably should be four, but at four I have the Packers. Um, yep. Packers look like they have a top five defense. Um, they have looked good. Uh, They've looked. It's. I think it's one of the first times that Rodgers has actually had a team around him that has helps instead of it just being him and nobody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, their offense hasn't looked too off uh, great. Um, they did put up twenty one points in the first quarter against the Vikings, but then were unable to score for the second game. But we do need to say that they played. The, the Bears, who I think are the de facto number one defense in the league, and it was week one. Mm. And then they played the Vikings, which at least have a top 10 defense, probably have a top five defense. Um, yep. Number three, I have the Rams. Um, th- their, 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 their offense has been pretty slow in the first quarter of their games they've been playing. But when they're on, they're looking great. They had a, that, that throw, that 57-yard throw to – to Brandon Cooks is why Jared Goff got the good, the big money. He he's a great deep ball threat. He's in my head one of the best deep ball threats in the game. Um, he just needs to needs to get the flow going a little bit. Um, number two, I have the Chiefs. And I, if you don't have Chiefs at two and yeah. the Patriots at one, I, you're you're just trying to make <laughs> a point. Like yeah, you're just, you're either biased or you're 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 just dumb. Um, so yeah, I have yeah, Chiefs and the Patriots. Thanks for listening. You know, tweet us at OC Bystanders. We'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, I, we'd love it. Um, share with your friends if you like the show. Keep listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you.